This is Danielle Smith. This is Tammy Peterson. This is Alex Craner. This is Curtis Stone. This is Tom Luongo, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Monday. How's everybody doing? Welcome to 2024. Holy Dinah. Yeah, it is, uh, well, a year in the re- in the rearview mirror. 2023, come and gone. It was uh, an exceptional, <sighs> bewildering year. There was a lot going on there. Uh, we counted down the top 25 on Twitter. We counted do- down the top 10 in December. We first time ever released 31 podcasts in 31 days to close out the year. We hit a million downloads on the podcast. Um, and, well, I just can't say thank you all enough for tuning in uh, all through 2023 and hopping aboard here in 2024. If you're new to the podcast, man, I hope uh, you'll uh, find the text line in the show notes. And whenever you uh, have the inclination to give me a, a you know a shot in the arm, um, I always love hearing from all of you from all across Canada. Some into the states now. It's been a it's been an it's been a journey, and 2024 looks to be. Um, uh, well, it's going to be a journey as well. Today, we got St. Louis Jack coming on. Uh, he is uh, behind the scenes with the podcast. But before we get into all of that, how about we talk about Monday's uh, sponsors here? Here we go. Silver Gold Bull, North America's premier precious metals dealer with state-of-the-art distribution centers in Calgary and Las Vegas. You got all the details in the show notes. You, you're like, I don't know anything about silver. I don't know anything about gold. Well, hit up. SMP at silvergoldbull.com or there's a phone number there. Give Mr. Graham a call or email him. They're always interested in hearing from all of you. If you just want to say, hey, thanks for supporting the Sean Newman podcast. Listen, that went a long way and I appreciate when you guys do that at any point in time. Please feel free to, you know, as as much as you're inclined to text me, make sure you're letting know so or letting Silver Gold Bull know uh, that you're you're hearing about them and that you want to, to just um, what's the word I'm looking for? congratulate them that doesn't sound right (sighs) thank them i don't know something along that lines uh for supporting the podcast and if you're interested in getting into silver or gold uh just reach out uh i've been hearing a ton from everyone who has been reaching out about how uh, easy graham has been talk with talk through different things you know you you don't have a ton of money maybe you got a ton of money i don't know whichever side of the spectrum you fall maybe you just got some questions about silver and gold Give him a shout or shoot him an email. All the information, silvergoldbull.ca, but all the information down in the show notes, and you can get a hold of uh, them. They are, um, well, they're uh, on the podcast for 2024, Silver Gold Bull. That is a lot to do with all of you folks answering the call when they wanted to hear and see if anyone was paying attention. Clay Smiley, yes, he was just on episode 557. In between Christmas and New Year's, I had the owner of Profit River on the podcast to tell his story of how he goes from being a a schoolroom teacher, uh, being way up north, landing in Paradise Valley to, uh, you know, specializing in importing firearms from the United States of America. Uh, Clay's a wicked guy, and that that's just it's just a story, uh, you know, that I think is is fantastic. And if you're sitting anywhere in Canada and you've got a hunter or you are the hunter, you can do gift cards, you can order through them. They ship anywhere in Canada. They are the major retailer of firearms, optics, and accessories serving all of Canada. Just go to ProfitRiver.com. Uh, Tyson and Tracy Mitchell, Mitchco Environmental, all you college students, uh, as you get ready, you know, you're, you're licking your wounds probably from um, uh, New Year's Eve. Well, you're maybe you're not thinking about it, but uh, maybe you should be. Um, Four-month positions, May through August. Uh, you can earn as little as 20000 with potential for... More than that, let's let's uh, uh, you know 
just 20k, no big D. And uh, you can uh, reach out to them, mitchcocorp.ca, 780-214-4004. They are a family-owned business that's been providing professional vegetation management services for both Alberta and Saskatchewan in the oil field and industrial sectors since 1998. And for all you college students, you might want to put some thought into May. It doesn't feel like it's that far around. But you know what? The nice thing about a new year is we get to start talking about sunny days ahead of us because the days are getting longer, folks. Oh, love it. Love it. Carly Kloss and the team over at Windsor Plywood Builders of the Podcast Studio Table for Everything Wood. These are the guys. And, uh, you know, deck season will be upon us soon enough. Heck, right now, don't jinx it, Sean, but, I mean, like, this winter has been just absolutely strange. We drove in a pouring rain from pretty much the North Dakota border to Minneapolis. And, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been one... It's been one for the ages, hasn't it? Well, whether we're talking mantles, decks, windows, doors, sheds, podcast, studio table, Windsor Plywood is the people that can get you fixed up, all right? They got some character wood in there. Now let's get on to the tale of the tape. Podcaster, business owner, entrepreneur, I'm talking about St. Louis Jack, or maybe he goes by Jack Milliken. So buckle up, here we go. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jack Milliken, also known as St. Louis Jack, and the guy I've called uh, 22 years old for probably way too long, and he's not 22, folks. So, Jack, welcome uh, to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Sean. It's a it's a pleasure to finally be here. Um, yeah, just <laughs> quick correction, definitely 24 years old. I know maybe uh, at a certain point those two years don't matter a whole lot, but, but for now it, they do. It's funny, you know, uh, when I was, you know, like, uh, we, obviously we just finished off 2023, uh, to everybody who was uh, paying attention, uh, we just released, uh, we hit a million downloads on the final day, so that was pretty cool. Um, Jack started in, uh, it was July, wasn't it? July, I think, yeah. I think, uh, so, um, you know, I was thinking, like, who do I want to put on for the first guest of 2024? And I'm like, well... I feel like people should probably get to know who St. Louis Jack is, this 22-year-old kid who doesn't seem to age, who I get his name wrong, and they just hear about from time to time. At times, I've called him Jamie. time, I call him Jack. Other times, I call him Joe. You know, it's it's like I can't get your name right, can't get your age right. And uh, I thought, well, maybe we could just uh, start 2024 off by people finding out a little bit about Jack. So, Jack, have at her. Give us a little bit of who Jack is. Oh, man. This question is always makes my heart pound a little bit. I get a little nervous. Uh, Why is that? I don't know. You know, it's, it's, well, maybe we'll find out here if I, depending on how my answer goes, but, um, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, 24 years old. Obviously I'm from St. Louis, grew born and raised, uh, grew up uh, with two parents and that, and you know, I, I'm not being hyperbolic here. Uh, but I hit like the lottery when it comes to the parents that I got Gen- like numbers wise, statistics wise, the lottery, uh, two really, really great parents. My dad was a cop and a lawyer, now a judge. And so, uh, I say that to say I'm terrible at lying and I don't, don't do it anymore. Uh, <laughs> because of that, uh, my mom was, was the same. She's just a sweetheart. And, uh, so then grew up, didn't have, didn't have without, but kind of had a little life. You know, I was five foot tall in high school and braces and all these things. I was a dorky little kid. Uh, so switch. So started doing some editing. I had a video game, YouTube channel for a while. Uh, and that's actually the reason that I got into everything that I'm doing now in a, in a funny twist of events. Um, fast forward a little bit, uh, we'll catch up here. I 
was in sales for a little bit. I didn't sell jack shit for him. Um, I didn't pun intended. Uh, I did not, I, I just did terrible. So, uh, really good guys though. They kept me on way longer than I should have. I should have been fired. Uh, but anyway, there was a, there was a bell in my ear saying, go out. You gotta, you know, you have to do something for yourself. And so I get put my two weeks in there just on a whim and, uh, started this business that I have now, which is producing podcasts, creating podcasts and uh, so on and so forth. What are your parents, you know, uh, did I hear that right? Your dad was, uh, run me through that uh, career trajectory again of what your father is. Yeah, so he was he was a police officer in North St. Louis City, which is one of the worst cities in the entire United States. Um, and he grew have up- Have you ever interviewed him? I would love to. No, I have not. I was Why actually, have you not just, done that? I was just thinking about it last night. Yeah. he He's not going to go, I don't think he wants to put anything publicly out. He's very reserved. He's like a recluse. Uh, but I'm definitely going to be interviewing him for at least my family. You know, uh, on this side, I've interviewed dad was, um, uh, I don't know what dad thought of this when I first started, but, uh, my guest, my number two guest, I can't remember who was supposed to come on the podcast episode two, but anyways, he, uh, couldn't make it. And so I called dad up and I was like, dad, I need to have a podcast come out this week. I'm short. Would you come on? And so we do like this very, like, ugh, I, I, ugh, I just, you know, I, I was not there yet. And, um, uh, but anyways, dad was very gracious, came in and did it. But then I got to do one with dad on father's day, probably two years ago. And dad like cried the entire time. He was very upset with himself, but I was like, I got to ask him like all these questions that I wanted to ask him. Every son or daughter should do this with their parents. I've had both my parents on. Um, and I've thought again here in 2024, I'm going to have them both back on again because I think it's really important. And, um, and when you say your dad was a, a cop in one of the worst parts of the city and one of the worst parts of all of the United States, I'm like, oh man, he's got some stories. And you should be you should be grabbing some of those, even if he doesn't want to put up public. Who cares? Sit down and have the conversation. Definitely. Did, was your dad um, like was he emotional or you know would he cry in front of you before or was that like an anomaly? Um, us Newmans, especially uh, the ones that have let's say more the genes from my. From the Newman side of it, uh, uh, my grandmother, uh, Dora, when she was still alive, towards the end of her life, we started to notice she was more emotional. Um, when she'd reminisce, when she'd talk about things, she just got really emotional. And as dad gets older, I find he's the same. It doesn't mean he cries all the time. I don't mean to put that out on the airwaves. Just that you can tell he is a little emotional. So it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't shock me. Um, I thought the, the emotions were very warranted for what we were talking about. Um, but no, he doesn't, uh, he's a, a guy's guy. He doesn't cry. Like, it's not like he's crying all the time by any means. It just, it didn't surprise me if that, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes so more sentimental is like the word I, the, the, yeah, the yeah. Like, yeah. Well, he, he went through some, some tough times, right? Like, I mean, uh, he's a, he's the guy that taught me, you know, it's funny, I, in my brain, I want to be around my kids a lot, right? Because uh, I want to, uh, I, all the old timers are like, that time flies fast, and it's gone. And then once they're, you know, your age, you know, like they're off doing their own things, and you don't get the young years back, right? And when I was roughly nine, dad um, had a real choice to make, either go bankrupt or put his head down and go to work. And so that meant he didn't, you know, for 27 days of the month, roughly, he was never around. He was working his bag off. And it's funny as a kid, I remember that. So now whenever I get into a predicament, it's like, well, put your head down and go to work, right? Like uh, you want something bad enough, 
put your head go down go to work it doesn't matter the day of the week just go to work and um it's funny uh that's like one of the best lessons he ever taught me and he wasn't around to teach me right he had to be a way to teach me if that makes sense mm, that's i think i think we've met, talked about this before but to me that's a very abraham sacrificing isaac-esque uh story in the sense of you know he's sacrificing something with you he's sacrificing his time with you to provide for you and uh and give you a future which is just which is cool to think about yeah it, i am uh, dad always want if one of us ever makes it like astronomically where we become a millionaire a billionaire i don't care what a stack on you stack on you correct when you know when you have enough zeros at the end that you just don't have to worry about too many things he wants a place in the south of France. I would love nothing more than to be the, one of the five kids that gets to do that. So I could walk around with my siblings, especially on the Brothers Roundtable when they come on and be like, yeah, so dad's at south of France. What, what have you guys done lately? But, I mean, that's 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 been a running joke in our family for quite some time. Um, going back to your dad. Man, I got, I got us on a tangent. So, one, you got to interview him. One, you have to do that. You never wanted to follow in his footsteps? No, no, Lloyd. Uh, yeah, you know, he was he was like his uh, uh, freelance lawyer. I mean, I, I'm not sure what you call it, but you know, he wasn't he wasn't crushing it by any means in that regard. Um, but but being a police officer, uh, I've thought about it. I've thought about it many times. It's, it's obviously not the best time to be a police officer, but I don't think that's what deters me. It's, I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm probably was probably well. Now I want to be rich. First of all. Um, and second of all, you know, I was probably just too afraid to, uh, for a long time. I was, you know, always lived out of fear. I think you want to be rich. You just want to have stacks of cash. I want to, well, I want to build a compound and build houses for all of my family and they never have to worry about anything ever again. So that they what if they don't want to live in said compound. Well, they're going to, they're going to come around to it. I'm, they're they're going to come around it and they're going to like it. I tell you, I'm going to, I, yeah, if they don't want to live there, fine, but they're going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be a great, great place. So, um, but, but I think, I think at the root of that, it's ultimately, I want to, um, take care of any excuses that we might have for not spending time with each other. You know, it's like the sister, my sister just got married and she's got a nephew and you see this a lot in Western society of, of families splitting up and going off on their own ways. And to me, I'm like, screw that. Let's all be in this together. That way we all have the same values. We all know what our kids are being taught. Um, and, you know, we're all on the same page and we can go through this together. So what's motivating you isn't riches, then it's family. Right, right. Definitely. Uh, I, well, uh, to me, I think that's a better uh, thing to strive for than just money. I, I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I completely agree with you because if I wanted to, yeah, yeah, I can't see a world where I want, you know, either green paper, a ton of green paper or something in the account that says I have all of this wealth where after a certain point, you know, the, the more you have start, stops to matter as much. You know, you, um, for the listener, I, I love little stories like this, but uh, the way Jack comes into the pod, you know, because I'm like pretty, as Jack can probably attest, I'm a little bit of a control freak. Like when it comes to this thing that I've been trying to build and controlling and everything else, I haven't allowed too many people um, around it. I've been very um, standoffish, if you will, not because I don't like people. Obviously, I like people very much. But when it comes to stress in my life, I'm like, I'd rather cause it on myself than have other people mess things up and whatever else. So I rewind the clock to last November. 
And uh, first ever time I went to St. Louis uh, for a pattern spotting retreat, Vance Crow, shout out to him. And, uh, you know, by by complete happenstance, happen chance, um, Jack Milliken shows up there. Now, you would have been the youngest guy there, um, not by a long shot, but, uh, but uh, I mean, over the, the group of people there, you were the youngest. And I wasn't the oldest, folks. I was far from the oldest. But uh, regardless, like, he would shows up, like, a couple days before. And, you know, like, we sat in the, you know, we, we chatted a bit, but I don't think it was anything, like, too crazy. And, and, you know, and then time goes by. And, you know, you don't think anything. And then this summer, I get a text saying, hey. And I'm like, oh. And I remember the thought, too. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to, not because I'm like, this is going to be awkward, because what if he sucks, and then it's a friend of a friend, and this is how it's going to go, and I'm like, ah. But you know what? Uh, give the kid credit. He's he's reached out, he's, he's pushed on me, and I'm like, all right, in my brain, and I don't know if I've told you this before, I'm like, I'll give him July. In July, I go on holidays, which means I am zero help to anyone, including myself. I barely get things out. And here it is, July. And if he's still around at the end of it and he hasn't called me an idiot, maybe there's something there. And so I threw him to the wolves in my in my mind. I have no idea if that's what it felt like. But in my mind, that's what I did. And here you are six months later. And, um, well, I, I don't know how to say it on air, but I've been very impressed by your, your work ethic. I think it's uh, one of the things that's uh, um, allowed me to uh, relinquish some of the things that I do. But, uh, you know... If I go back to the beautiful part of the story, I feel like it's just like these little tiny moments where things change for Jack, change for me too. Uh, you know, you approach a, a trip to St. Louis. I, w I don't know what I thought I was getting out of that. Once again, shout out to Vance for for uh, harassing me to come. And all of a sudden, you get this. And uh, I don't know. What do you make of that? Do you make anything of that? It's it's uh, what I always say is the universe is in motion, and uh, that's that's how it feels like. But I think. You know, the to take a lesson out of that, if you don't mind me going on a little little tangent here. Um, welcome to the podcast, sir. <laughs> Tangents are welcome. All right, good. Um, but you know, I'd say a little bit over a year ago, really, yeah, maybe a few months before the Pattern Spotters retreat that we were at, um, I had decided to start living like my life with intention. You know, and, and kind of like the cliche, you know, hero's journey, whatever. But I started living my life with intention, and that meant putting myself around the right people. So I formed this group of, of a bunch of people that I knew that were kind of entrepreneurial or wanted something more out of life. And so, I, you know, created a place where we can gather and talk and, and we started going to different networking events and such. Anyway, to skip all that, I end up at a same kind of networking event that Benjamin Anderson is at. And uh, we connected because obviously Vance and him were doing the legacy interviews and still are. And, um, that was kind of a business that I was trying to start were video, video memoirs and, you know, taking older people's stories and then passing them down to their families. So we connected on that and we start having, you know, maybe bi-weekly meetings. And eventually he's like, okay, why, why don't we create our own set of friends, like a group of eight guys that are all on the exact same path? Because the previous group that I had created had dissolved. And so we're all like, okay, let's, let's all get on the same page. But Long story short, he and I start having conversations and I start asking him questions and, and you know, diving into his life um, and and maybe start opening him up in ways that he hadn't been opened up before. So he was impressed by that. So the night before the Pattern Spotters retreat that you and I first met on, 
he calls me up and he goes, Hey, let's go do this thing. Like, will you come to this retreat? It's, he's been talking about it. He, it was in high esteem. And I'm like, Holy shit. I am like terrified. Uh, I was terrified of going absolutely terrified. Cause I, he talked about, you know, people like you, but, uh, and you know, all these freaking scientists that are geniuses and like, what in the hell? I'm 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 happy you put me in the group with all the scientists that are geniuses. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, how did I find my way into this room of of uh, scholarly people when I'm just a Canuck from up north talking to different people? <laughs> Carry on with your story, but I do find that funny. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure to clip that and put that out. That's uh, what's great. I can edit this whole thing and I can make it however <laughs> we want. Um, no, no, we don't edit the podcasts really. But but so I so I'm like, you know what? Uh, living life of intention let's go towards the fear and uh, Benjamin very much so inspired me to do that. And that's what ended me up at pattern spotters the next day, which was just a crazy story of one little thing of like how I wanted to change my life and start living in a certain way. And it, and it's put me to here, which is just crazy to me. Isn't that, um, well, this comes back to Peterson. This actually comes back to the Bible. This comes back to a whole bunch of different things, but like you, you set your course, right? And you just, aim towards it and it doesn't matter how lofty of a goal that is it can be very high but you aim towards it and you start moving toward it you, you, pretty crazy how far you can get in a year you know uh, when when you think about it like uh um well the, the one million the one million thing is like I, I don't know what to do with that number i have no idea i have no idea if that's uh, you know like whoop-de-doo you know like though in five years i'll be like oh that was like a drop in the bucket uh but i know when i started the year i was like a million like that's that's a lot and um and yet you start moving towards it and if you weren't paying attention maybe you just come and go and, and it would disappear and, and never even happen instead when you put uh, intention towards it when you actually start talking about it you know i sent you you were asking me about james and the tongue um you know and, and bridling the body and you know you, you start doing that it's pretty insane honestly where you can go so when you say i was being intentional like I, I think anyone can do that. Like, wherever they're sitting. They want to get out of wherever they're sitting. You just got to start doing things to make sure you, you do that. Actually, I just I just ran into... Shout out to Timmy, uh, my brother-in-law. He uh, He's dropped... I th what, what did Mel say? 40 pounds, I think. Like, I walked in, and, like, he's a football player. He's always been a big guy. He's bigger than, you know, teases me because I'm the short guy of the, all the in-laws. But, you know... He's dropped like 40 pounds. And what did he do? He stopped drinking. He just, he's just like intentional about it. He, uh, I just drink it too much. So I just decided to stop. Now, as soon as you stop drinking, you can talk about this because you did a full year of no drinking. All of a sudden, you probably have all this free time. You don't have the hungover mornings. And all of a sudden, you can start moving your body a bit more. And I assume it's like, well, maybe I should, I don't know, pick up a weight or just go for a walk because I can and I have the time. And all of a sudden, you move that way a heck of a lot faster than if you're dragging all this, you know, dead weight or or um, things that are pulling you away from where you want to be. I guess. I so I mean, a hundred percent. I think, I think the no year was probably going to. I mean, when I look back on my life one day as a crickety old eighty year old man, it's gonna. This is gonna be one of the most significant things I've ever done in my life. Was quitting drinking for a year. It it so many. I mean, you know, certain friends stopped reaching out. I didn't really hear much from them that I thought were going to be really, really great friends for the rest of my life. And, uh, that took the blinders off there. Uh, yeah, the money I saved just in general, the health, the sleep that I got, the way that I was able to focus because I was getting better sleep. It, it was, I just, 
and numerous and numerous and numerous just, just just benefits that I still probably can't even foresee what the benefits of that were. Um, it, it and it and it really I think the biggest thing that I really noticed from it is it forced me to hang around people that were having healthy habits in some way. And you know if they're having healthy habits, they have they probably have a more healthy mentality on life, and and um, they put me in that direction completely. It's it's really really crazy how, how impactful it is. When you look back, you know, you just finished the year uh, of of no drinking. Um, what's one thing through there you're like, oh, yeah, like, that, oh, yeah, that was like an epiphany. The one thing through there that was an epiphany for me was you are no longer, it's not a habitual thing. It's like, oh, this is something I'm going to do you know, when I'm finished, when, I, when there's an occasion to do it or when I, when I would choose to do it. But before it was a pattern in my life and it was a pattern that needed to be broken. And that hit me hard, maybe six months in, you know, of like, oh, <laughs> this is, this is not something I need to do. You wonder how many, have you like that thought process right there? Like, oh, this is a pattern in my life. Have you taken that now to your life in different ways? Like, I just think, you know, I'm sitting here and, um, um, like one of the morning rituals I have is coffee. Like I love a good coffee in the morning. And I always tell myself, I'm like, even when I was doing Sober October, I'm like, what am I going to do? Get rid of coffee, get rid of it all, get rid of every little thing that I've built into my life. Like, is that where I want to go? I don't know. In the middle of six months, uh, or when you're when you're like, holy man, this is a pattern. What other patterns have you spotted in your life that you're like, hmm, I maybe should take a look at this. Or maybe you've already taken a look at it. Hmm. Um, and patterns that I picked up, it's, creating uh, exercise as like this is just something we're going to do it's not something that i have to plan for it's not something i have to sure. travel it's this is it this is it and i'm but uh I, w- I had one other thought while you were talking there but um it might have escaped me but well oh well yeah the the odd, oddly enough um the conversations that i have with people and how honest i am that was a pattern i recognized that i was avoiding and, uh, you know, throughout that year of alcohol, avoiding being honest, avoiding having difficult conversations with people that I care about. Really? Right. And did you, you like, I don't know why I can't spit this out because you were like uncomfortable with how it may go. Well, uh, uh de- definitely. Um, definitely. It was that fear of like risking the friendship and, 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 uh, you know, maybe this person won't be friends with me after. If I think about the grandiose idea of it, you know, they won't be friends with me after. And then that's, that sucks. And I lost a friendship. Um, but, but throughout this year, I had to have some of those hard conversations. Like it forced me to, because, you know, for instance, the friend that I was talking about before, you know, I had to go to him and I say, listen, like we have hardly, you've hardly reached out. We haven't talked much. Like, I think I'm just a drinking buddy. Like that's really what I think this friendship is. And we've always talked about how close we are and how, how different it is, but you know, it looks like we're just drinking buddies right now. And that pattern, then that started showing up more and more in my life where I started realizing, okay, these conversations need to be had here and here and here and here and all over, all over. After you got through your first one or two of those, did, uh, did it become easier? Definitely. Uh, it's still hard. What 
what really changed was the people that I'm around that I decided to really start putting myself around, like the Benjamins and the so on and so forth, the people that I'm around now, they encourage that. So it's not even hard anymore. It's like they will lose respect for you if you don't bring that up. And that is a freaking game changer of relationship dynamic. That's interesting because, um, you know, I think of, uh, honestly, what it brings to mind is the book club. You know, we started that in 2018. And when we sit down, although there's like, hey, how's the family doing kind of thing, and right, like the kind of like surface level questions, it gets serious real fast, like real fast. And we've argued about some of the, like everything. I mean, by this, I mean, I, will there be new things to argue about in a year's time? Guaranteed. But like, we get down to brass tacks real fast. And um, I don't know what life was like before that. Like, I have a hard time recalling not being able to get down to brass tacks real fast. I think that's what you're talking about, right? That's that's honest conversation. It's like, are we going to talk about, um, you know, well, I mean, COVID was the obvious big one uh, of, of late. Um, but, I mean, other ones have come and gone in that time as well. Regardless, you know, there's, I would say few, hmm. I would say that before the book club, I didn't do that uh, near en uh, fast enough, quick enough, or have enough relationships like that. I don't know if I had, like I had good friends, but I don't know if we talked about those things. Yeah, I don't think we did. And so for you to identify that right away, that's interesting. That, well, that's interesting that it came from a book club. Was How does that come from a book club? Well, because it, it started like... I uh, apologize as a listener. I probably told this story way too many times, but back in 2018, so this is before the podcast started, um, that was, you know, like Jordan Peterson had obviously already been on the rise, but uh, he finally came across. We were sitting, there was a group of us went out for, for lunch one day, and uh, somebody said, hi, have you seen this guy's video, this interview? And it was with Kathy Newman. And so I watched it, and I was like, Oh my God, this is something like, this is, this is something. I showed it to the wife. She kind of laughed. She's like, that's kind of odd. And I'm like, that's more than odd. That was, that was something. And then we found out he was coming to Edmonton. And so a group of us got in a vehicle and drove there. And along the way there, we said, you know, the idea came of like, maybe we should start a book club because we were talking about reading his book and, and different things like that. And so, okay, let's, let's, let's start reading a book. Well, Jordan Peterson for your first book, he, Talks about, you know, clean your room, take ownership, you know, speak. What What's his one rule, folks? Uh, tell the truth or at least don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah. And, and if you start to embrace those rules, well, it came out of a book club because we read it. And then we started holding each other accountable. And then we just started, you know, it, it started out pretty harmless. Just, you know, one, everybody was at different stages of life. But all of us were married. All of us had kids. All of us wanted to be better husbands, better fathers. So it sounds like kind of like a greeting card, you know? And I, I'm like, oh, you know, some lady's going, oh, that's nice. And I'm going, that's not what we, we just wanted to be better. That's all. But in trying to be better, it forces you to come to terms with some of your shortfallings. And then you got to try and improve that. And then in the middle of that COVID hits, well, we're, we're meeting, you know, talking about different things. So why not talk about it? So then we start talking about it, right? And on and on this goes. To the point where now, uh, you know, uh, like we meet once a week, you know, and, and while I'm on holidays down here in the States, I, I'm obviously missing that. And 
th- that's formed the men's group now. So I meet twice a week with two different groups and we talk about stuff like immediately. Like, let's talk about, let's talk about whatever wild thing is out there. And that, I guess that's how it forms from a book club. I, you know, like it's, it started off as this little tiny idea. It's like, how does Jack get involved in the podcast folks? He said yes to some fear and was like, oh, I'm going to go sit across from a bunch of people that I don't think I belong at. And a year later, they welcome him back in and welcome us all back in. It was a lot of fun with open arms. And now you've been a part of the podcast for six months. I don't know how the heck that happened. That Shit. happened real fast. Yeah, it happened extremely fast. It, it totally, you know, but th- that's the idea of a men's group is so freaking powerful or not even, I mean, a men's group is so powerful. It's just, it's, it's such an out for me. I'm a part of a men's group also here uh, in St. Louis. Um, the client of mine is he's his name's Mark. He runs a coffee shop, and it's not about the coffee for him. It's about building the community, and so he runs a men's group. And it's just like it's it's so powerful seeing a bunch of guys saying, "Hey, listen, I'm quitting porn," you know, or or my wife and I haven't been having sex as much. Like it's it's whatever it is. It's there's no other space where that energy can be like harnessed in such a in such a useful way. I think uh, than men coming together and saying, this is what's going on in my life. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to hold you accountable. And let's all go at this together. The uh, the old porn thing is an interesting one, isn't it? Like, I mean, um, you don't know a life where you couldn't just click a couple buttons and have a naked woman in front of you. I'm like, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm, I'm not far behind, Jack, right? Like, I mean, born in 86. So, you know, I had, to, what, my first pretty much high school, there was... I was rural internet. It's not like I was clicking a couple buttons and, but yeah, I mean like right now it's a bit insane how accessible porn is. It's uh yeah. I mean, since I was 14 until I quit, uh, which was, you know, last couple of months, uh, every, you know, like I, I don't want to count how many times, you know, it, it's some crazy, I'd be rich. If I had a nickel for every time, it, it every, but it's, uh, yeah, I've, and I've got some friends that are like, well, I don't think it's that bad. I've got others that go, yeah, it is bad. It's, um, you know, for anyone out there utilizing it, uh, one worthwhile thought is, you know, some of these women on here, you don't know which ones are being sex trafficked or not. And like, that's enough for me to just say, fuck this. Yeah. I've been trying to get a woman on who's been going after Pornhub for, um, quite some time, uh, and that's exactly it, right? That they have um, women who are being trafficked, uh, being videoed and then put on Pornhub, and you're like, holy crap. Like, yeah, I, I, it's like one of those things where I don't think we fully understand how dangerous that um, drug is, right? Like, that, that's it, porn is in the same category for me as, like, gambling, I don't know, smoking, drinking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't think it's really taking over your life until you start listening to some people that are like, I don't know, addicted to porn. And you're like, how the heck did you get there? And yet um, you can kind of see it creeping in. Uh, well, I mean, just look, like don't look good. Don't go look. But like they 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 like um, they talk about, you know, you, you start out with like, I don't know, heterosexual sex. And you're like, oh, that's good. But eventually it gets to the point where you have to go looking for more extreme, more extreme, more extreme. And it just keeps going and going and going. And, um, well, I mean, every kid that, that grows up today is faced with it and it has a real hard challenge because it's more accessible than what? Pretty much anything on this planet at this point. Yep. And anything you can comprehend, there's porn about it. You, you know, that there's uh, some, 
law, quote unquote, or some joke of anything that you can think about aliens or any, literally anything that comes to human imagination. The first thing that happens to it is people find a way to make it a porn. <laughs> it's, it's pretty sick. You said you've been done for a couple months. So that was a pattern you spotted and went, this has got to end. Yeah, it was, it was inhibiting me from, I think it was absolutely inhibiting me from pursuing like romantic relationships. Uh, like I can just, you know, watch porn, be done with it and go to sleep in my bed and, you know, no, no effort needed. Um, and when I'm not, <clears throat> when I'm not on it or what I've noticed while I'm not on it is like, I have a lot more energy to go up and, and talk to women that I'm interested in and, and, you know, just pursue these kinds of relationships. There's just more confidence there. I don't know exactly how to explain it, but it's there. That's cool though. And maybe you don't have the crutch, Jack, you know, ah, you know, you know, maybe I'll just, maybe I won't go talk to him because I can just go back to my room, you know, and whatever. It's like, well, no, if I'm going to talk to a woman, you know, like that, that would bring all the um, excitement. I don't know if that's the right word I'm looking for, but uh, um, I mean, um, there's no like plan B, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, right? Like, it's like, this is the real deal here, you know? I've been out of that game for so long, you know, like, we, we, uh, where I'm sitting right now, sitting in a hotel room, uh, we're recording this on New Year's Eve, folks. So happy new year to everybody. And, uh, we have the weekend with no kids. And so like we went for supper last night and, you know, at one point, and I don't want to get too lovey-dovey on here, but like at one point we're in like a booth, but Mel and I love a booth, like, uh, like a, a, a U-shaped booth, if that makes sense. So we can just like, we can just like, I don't, I don't know how to cuddle into one another, I guess. Because I'm like, you know, like we don't have kids crawling all over us. We can actually sit and have a conversation. So I sat and talked to my wife for like, I don't know, four hours straight last night. We went to, we're at a wedding. So we, we went to, out to their cocktail hour, but we know nobody there. So it's just the two of us. We sat and chatted and, you know, kind of whatever and went home early. And I'm like, this is like, this is awesome. This is amazing. So I'm in a completely different stage than you. Uh, and she's like, you, she's telling the woman getting married. Yeah, Sean's got a podcast this afternoon. I'm like, I do. I have to work. This is really tough, you know. But uh, it's been enjoyable, you know, where I sit with, uh, with um, well, I mean, we've been together 16 years, folks. I don't know where that time went either. But I never thought I would uh, find someone. Or, I don't know, maybe I, I, I shouldn't impose my thoughts on you, but I think when I was at your age, I wasn't sure that it was possible to, uh, like, truly enjoy somebody for that long, you know? Like, that seems like, uh, how do you find that? I don't know. I actually don't know. But, uh, geez, where I'm sitting today, we've been enjoying ourselves. Hotel room, quiet, sleep in, you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> like, just like the greatest... She was watching Friends. I, I'm not a big friend. I'm a Seinfeld guy. If I if I were to argue the other two, um, or argue the two, but like I'm like, but I got no kids climbing on me, and I love my kids, folks. But I just sat, you know, and uh, she was watching TV. I was like, this is great. This is great. I got the podcast set up for later. This is great. That's that's. Uh, I don't know. What do you think those conversations will look like 20 years from now? Those four hour conversations. Well, four, 40 years from now. I'll say 40, yeah. Yeah, 40. Well, let's, let's do... Well, what does that put me? That puts me 77. Well, I hope I'm still grabbing her butt as much as I do now, you know? Like, I... I um, Mel certainly teases me that I'm going to be uh, that affectionate when I'm when I'm 77. 
I hope I am. I just think, you know, like at, at 77, I don't know. Actually, you know, like I had Zuby on here a, a long time ago. Folks will recall Zuby. Uh, and he put a picture up of his parents. And I'm like, they're very good looking individuals. And I think they're both in their 70s. So how does it look in 70 uh, in, in 40 years? Well, we would have been married for close to 50. And uh, my hope is, you know, uh, that I'm still like, you know, I, I'm going to channel my inner Ken Rutherford here, that I'm still holding her hand and, and still like, you know, still like all about her. Because like right now we're sitting, it's just the two of us. I used to, I was thinking about this uh, this morning, Jack. I used to wish that friends would come along because I liked having a couple couples, you know, and you get to have fun that way. And now I'm like, I actually really enjoy when we, it's just us because we actually don't get to talk that much. I mean, we do and we don't, right? And so I actually like really enjoy her company. And so when I'm 70, I hope that, like, I hope that's where we're at. Because you think by then you've been empty nesters for a couple of years, right? More than a couple. Like in, in 20 years, you're empty nesters. It's like, well, you you understand, uh, I think we both can understand, like from our, our parents' standpoint, from other people's parents' standpoint, empty nest thing is a real deal, right? Is oh, we got to find a way to work together again. It's like, I hope I don't have to work together again. I hope I, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm excited because now it's just me and you and we get to go do whatever the heck we want to go do, right? Like, I don't know about you. Obviously, you, you're dating anyone. You're not dating anyone. I'm taking a gal on a date this week, so. Ooh, best of luck to young Jack, <laughs> eh, folks? I um, I I don't I don't know how to say this. Well, I I guess I'll say it, but I'm like, Mel is like the most attractive woman I've ever seen. I don't know how that happens either, but I'm like extremely attracted to her, and uh, henceforth probably being able to to conversate for four hours. So I mean, when we get to to where we are. And geez, I did not mean to make this podcast about my wife, but hey, here we are. Um, like I, I'm, like we have a wedding tonight. We're gonna get dressed up. We're gonna go dance. But we never get to dancing. When was the last time you went dancing? Uh, no, I can't say ever. What? <laughs> That's you know whatever you know. I no, no, I've never gone out to dance specifically. You are a sad individual. Yeah, I mean, I've been wanting to go. I've Your entire generation has no idea what they're missing. Oh, you've I, never. I've, I'm I, the, the the date will be dancing. I'm telling I'm telling you that much. I've been wanting to. I've had all of these uh, uh, eccentric things I've been wanting to do, but you know I can't do it with the buddies. So dancing uh, should not be eccentric, though. Oh man, <laughs> you know how much fun you're in for. Yeah, good. <laughs> like you get a good DJ, like that. That's that's what's gonna set the mood tonight. Okay, you get a good DJ, keep you on the floor all night long. You get an all night long uh, DJ, like it's, it'll be the greatest night of your life. Um, you get a DJ that's so-so, you'll fight your way through it because you love dancing. Um, but it's funny that, you know what, like I was here in Lloyd or like in Lloyd, I don't think we have a club anymore. I don't think we have somewhere where people go to dance. I'm like, well, what do they do? Like, that's what we used to, like, you want to talk about nerves. Back when I was like 18, having to ask a girl to dance and then getting shut down. And that happened a lot. That sucked. It, you know, there's nothing that hurt a man's confidence more than, no, thank you. Ugh. And then, and then I wasn't a great dancer to begin with. I still am not a great dancer, but I've learned that I don't really care what other people think. You just go out and you flail your limbs and you, you dance anyways and you have fun and 
usually those are the funnest dancers on the on the thing anyways oh man i'm excited for you your first a, a date this week and jack has taken a girl dancing let's do it <laughs> i always think of kevin james if you've ever watched any kevin james movies sure where he's just a, like that's the that's the best way to dance i agree with you it's keep your hands in, did, 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 did. yeah <laughs> i always wish i could dance like uh jt like justin timberlake like he had smooth feet you know like but i mean hey what are you gonna do 2024 what are your goals for 2024 i've taken this on i i've like i'm trying to make this about jack folks and somehow we just we've gone all over the place today well we're both podcasters so we're gonna we're gonna do the duel here um and I, and I, you know, I don't know. It's a good conversation, but, um, goals for 2024. Are we talking in terms of Jack or what are we talking in terms? Well, um, it can be Jack. It can be, it can be for the podcast. It, it can be whatever you want. I, I want to know it, it's, it's January one. Everyone's sitting there. Here's my new year's resolutions. But actually I actually have goals. I set on January one. I don't think it's that crappy of a date to set and be like, this is where I'm going to go. And so I think, you know, sitting here, um, I would love to hear what Jack wants to accomplish in 2024. Let's put it out into the universe and see what All right. happens. All right, let's do it. We're going for 2.5 million downloads on the S&P, you know, the Sean so, podcast. So, so Jack wants us not only to do a million in a year, he wants us to do more than that. He wants us to do 2.5 million in a year. And, um, okay. 2.5 million. Yep. Sure. Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson, we're going we're gonna to have a conversation with him this year. We're going to get... You need to talk to him, and we're going to no, go you know how record it. I feel like the Jordan Peterson thing is eventually it's just going to happen, and I'm going to be like, why did this, Why did it happen now? You know, because like, you think about it, everybody was laughing at his, the last Tammy Peterson interview I had where he's eating breakfast, washing dishes in the back. His hand comes in. He's been on the podcast, folks. Like, his hand literally came on the screen. Jordan Peterson's <laughs> been on. You know? It's like, <laughs> that's But a, I feel that's like... That's a good idea. We should uh, We should do some sort of bit about that. Well, that, we should. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, Jordan Peterson has been on the podcast. <laughs> At least his hand has. All right. Well, okay. Well, any other for the podcast then? You're talking specifically the podcast. Yep, specifically for the podcast. Like, let's two point five and Jordan Peterson. Two point five, Jordan Peterson. Those are my big two. Those are the, those are what's on my mind. Okay. Well, for for me, folks, I want Frank Peretti. Can we get Frank Peretti? Like, he isn't Jordan Peterson. Frank Peretti is sitting somewhere. I'm told. It's either in Idaho or Iowa, one of the two. Like he, he somebody should just knock on, walk up and knock on his door. Just be like, "Sir, there's this guy out of Canada. Would just like to say, thanks for your books. That's all he wants to do." Frank Peretti. Frank Peretti has become my new white whale. More so than more so than even Jordan Peterson. Isn't that a wild thought? I I, yeah, I would really like to I would really like to sit and talk to that man. Um, why say why 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 is that? Okay, so. I've talked a lot about, well, I don't know. I've talked, came back from Ottawa and lots of things were just, it took a long time to kind of like recalibrate how the world was. Because in Ottawa, I saw a whole lot that I couldn't make uh, sense of. And then, you know, you go through the year and you fast forward. And I, I've told on here the story of like uh, going to the, 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 you know, I, um, I love the stories of like where, you know, Jack makes a decision and and he goes to pattern spotters and pattern spotters turns into this and then it just, and you can see how one decision leads into the next and the next and the next. So, the story with Frank Peretti is, uh, well, number two episode this year, 
number number three episode this year. Number four episode. Number four? Number four, I think. Now i got to pull it up because that's going to bug me. Is it number four? Number three. Uh, Seth Bloom and Mackenzie Bloom. So Seth has been, you know, he's been uh, t- text all the time. Shout out to Seth. He listens to everything. And uh, he's been telling me, oh, I listen to this Frank Pretty guy. Listen to this Frank Pretty guy. Listen to this Frank Pretty guy. And so, you know, I listen to him. He kind of sounds like um, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. That's kind of his voice. And anyway, so I listen to it, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know how some things, when somebody suggests it to you, really knocks it out of the park for you? And then another time when somebody suggests something for you, you're like, yeah, I did, yeah, it was good. But I, I don't know. It just didn't speak to me, I guess. Yeah. Guardians of Galaxy 3. No, I'm, I, I, yeah, didn't. Sorry, I haven't guys. Even watch, haven't even watched it. Was it any good? I don't, Fair enough. So Frank Pretty was kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah. <coughs> I didn't know who the guy was. I didn't look into him. I just listened to this 45-minute, I guess, I guess you could call it a sermon. I don't know what the heck it was. I would call it a sermon, I guess. He's, he's talking about God, but he's talking about a bunch of different things. So anyways, fast forward. My son's playing U9 hockey, started the hockey season. He needs a practice jersey, and that's different from U7. U7, they wear their game jerseys for all their skates. So, I, you know, a new dad to that age, I had no idea. So I'm sitting there at work, and I got a guy who works right next door to me. I'm telling him my problem. I'm like, ah, oh, I guess I'll go buy one. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to go spend a bunch of money on a practice jersey. He's like, oh, I'll just go to the secondhand store. I'm like, oh, it's a actually a pretty smart idea. And he's he's like, yeah, if you'd asked me like two days ago, I would have given you one. I have a ton, but uh, you know, we took them all uh, to the secondhand store. So if you go there, they're probably sitting there. Oh, okay, great idea. So go down to the secondhand store, buy a, buy a, a practice jersey, and then you know um, they got this back room that is. Uh, you know, secondhand books. And like, I love books. But I've been having a real shit time reading books. Like, I mean, I haven't been able to get into any. Anyways, so I go, I'm talking to myself and I'm going, do I read a book? Do I go in there? If I go in there, I'm going to find something I know I'm going to find. No, I shouldn't go in there. And finally I walk in because I'm like, I'm, you know, like a, you know, a fly to the light or something, you know, like I just, I go, I go in and I start looking and I'm like, ah, stupid. I shouldn't have come in here. Like, why am I here? But I've been, I've been praying lots. So I, I, I said a little prayer. I said, Hey, I'm supposed to find something in here. Just kind of point it out to me, would you? And when you know, like four books later is Frank Pretty. I'm like, Hmm, I know that name. Why do I know that name? And so I look up Frank Pretty and that video that Seth has been sending me comes up and I'm like, Oh yeah, it's this guy. Okay. Whatever. I'm like, wait a second. How do I know this is you God? Right. Maybe maybe it's somebody trying to lead me astray. And then I open it up, and it's Ephesians 6. You know, we don't uh, wrestle with flesh. I, I, You know, this is just terrible. I can't do I can't do scripture, folks. Like, I just... You know what? You know what's funny? Give me one second, Jack. All right. You got it. Well, it's, it's funny because I actually have the book from the bookstore with me. I've been finishing it. And so I go... How do I know this is you? Right? What happens if this is some nefarious character directing my will? And so I open up the book after I know it's Frank Pretty, and I know that it's sent from 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 Seth Bloom, or that he'd been the one telling me about this guy. And I open it up, and this is what it says: For we not for we are not contending against flesh and blood, 
but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of the, this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, Ephesians 6.12. And I went, oh, okay, yep, so I bought the book, thinking it was an autobiography. Then I read the first page, and I went, what the heck is this? Like, this is... And I'm like, so I finished the first chapter. I'm like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. So then I look up Frank Peretti because I'm like, who is this guy? I thought he was a preacher. No, he's he's an author from Lethbridge, Alberta. This is a long story, folks. I apologize. This is this is an author from Lethbridge, Alberta, who they called the Stephen the Christian Stephen King. So everybody knows who Stephen King is. They put this guy in. You know, they they use Stephen King, but in the Christian sense. So I start reading it. And I'm not saying that everything he says is completely factual. I have no idea. But to me, what it talks about in the book is close to what I think life is. It's done in a way that reminds me of reading the the big books like Lord of the Rings, Dune, Harry Potter, uh, The Alchemist. Uh, I probably, The Alchemist isn't, quite as good well alchemist pretty good and all these books that are just like fantastic stories with fantastic imagination and this guy does it just with a christian background and um i just think parts of it i'm like that's exactly what's going on so that's why frank Preddy. i i and he wrote it in 1986 the year i was born and people might go oh what does that mean i'm like well i had a woman and she's probably listening right now say to me the first time she ever texted, you know, what you're doing is you're laying down footsteps for people to follow in. I thought, man, that's a lovely thought. Because in theory, my my children, Jack, will be able to come along to this podcast in 10 years' time, start in the middle of COVID, and walk through how my brain shifts. And then ask really intelligent questions. Or find some of the answers of their father that they want. And Frank Peretti has helped, like immensely. In a book that was written the year I was born. Like, I just I just want to sit down with the man and be like, hey, I don't care if we turn the mics on. Thank you for what you've done, because it's really cool. And he's in his 70s. And although I think he's probably got 20 years left, what if he's only got three years left, three days left? I will be really sad if I don't get in touch with Frank Preddy. And at this level, with this bloody podcast, I'm like, we should be able to get down to Frank Preddy and be like, hey, come on. Or at least let's have a handshake. Let's go for a road trip. Let's go meet Frank Preddy and see what this guy's is. He's from my freaking province. Like, come on. Same with Jordan Peterson, I might add. So there, Frank freaking Preddy. You're all right. That's in the universe, and I'm, I'm glad it's out there. Uh, do you think that you would do that for like a 600 special, or is, as soon as you can get them on, get them on? Oh, no. Uh, um, 600. I think this year we will cross uh, 600 and 700. And we'll be close to 800, to be honest. So what I would say is, I would gladly put Frank Peretti or Jordan Peterson as episode 600, 700, or 800. Um, up until this point, episode 100 was Ron McLean. 200 was Glenn Sather. 300 was the UCP Roundtable debate, which had the next Premier of Alberta on it. 400 was Tamara Leach. 500 was Jonathan Pajo. So... Yes, the hundreds have been some big ones, and Jack, I would love to put one of them on there, or both. Awesome. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Uh, what do you think the conversation would be like between all three of you? 
if you were all sitting in the room, Jordan Peterson and Frank Peretti? I think I'd be in awe. I think I'd just stand <laughs> back and let the two of them duke it out, you know? And would that would that be sufficient uh, sufficient for you in the sense of, of like would you be getting everything you wanted out of that if you're just watching or do you want to be able to have like a a good back and forth with each of them? No, I I don't know. You, you know, as a host on your side, what do you like? Do you like the back and forth, or do you like the throw it a question and see the guest light up the question? It, yeah, it dep- I think it depends on the person. Like Martin Armstrong, for instance. I'm like, yeah, let's just let it all out. Let's just hear what he has to say. And that's what you did for that episode. Um, but yeah, but you know, then like someone like Chuck Prodnick, I love hearing you guys go back and forth, or, or Jamie Sinclair. It's like, yeah, it's those are the fun ones. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, it depends on the person for sure. Well, then I would say, you know, with those two guys in the room, do I think I could add to the conversation? Oh, certainly. But I think I'd be better served being the grand facilitator, if you would, that all he does is sit there and just spur the question, the, the conversation on, just lightly. Because you got two, you know, like Frank Peretti. Man, I'd love to know where the inspiration for those books came from. I would just love, like, I would just love to sit and have a coffee with that man. Because that is, what he has done is brilliant. And he's faded away into you know, anonymity, right? Like, people know who he is. Certainly when I started reading the books, tons of people, Frank Breddy, I haven't heard that name in forever. Whereas Jordan Peterson is like, you know, the top of everyone's list right now. I think that's still, I think that's super doable. Frank Breddy, Breddy Peterson? I think so. I don't know. You know, Everyone everyone keeps talking about Peterson with me, and it's like I've, I've literally gotten a message now to the gatekeeper, and he's like, uh, he's too busy right now on tour or whatever, and I'm just like, what do I got to do? You know, like what 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 do I have to do? Do I got to fly there? Do I got to come set my studio up? Do, what, what do I got to do? You just tell me, and I will do it. Because, you know, once upon a time, um, I drove to Vancouver to interview uh, Jim Pattison. Jim Pattison's like ridiculously uber wealthy on the West Coast. You go to the West Coast, Vancouver, everywhere you go, there's a Pattison sign. Like it's just insane. And his secretary was like, you're going to drive here? I'm like, I'm going to drive there. I'm coming to see you. And um, that was never a question. Can you imagine? Jordan Peterson says, yeah, sure, I'll do it. You got to come to Florida. All right, tickets booked. Yeah, We haven't even got off the phone. Yeah, I know, tickets booked. Like, come on. That's here's my 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 2024 deal for you, Sean. Is anywhere uh, if you decide there's someone worth visiting in the United States and you need to go visit them in person, and that's the deal. I'll bring all my equipment. I'll meet you out there, and we'll make them happen. You hear that, folks? Oh boy, oh boy. That means that means that means a lot, doesn't it? Because now it's like, well, who do we want to get in, in uh, 2024 in the United States of America? Jordan Peterson would be nice. Frank freaking Peretti would be pretty freaking nice. Who's who's another name you'd toss in there, Jack? Like, who's a guy you've been you, that you follow that you're like, Sean knows nothing about this person, or maybe I do know a little bit, about, and you're like, that'd be an interesting conversation. Uh, I'll have to think of some bigger names. I've got smaller people that I know personally that I'm just like, these are conversations worth being shared. But 
And I, you know what? Andrew Tate would be interesting to me. That that really? was a whole yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah. Are you an Andrew Tate guy? Um, I no, an Andrew Tate guy. I I think like anyone, if you have the discernment and to pick out the nuance and what people say, they're they're equally as dangerous as everyone else. Um, and I I learned a lot from Andrew Tate. Like honestly, the reason that. I started that friend group of people was because I would watch Andrew Tate videos and he'd be talking about how like we need to get get together and, and you know be a collective. But at the same time, you know he, he was a uh, online pimp and and lied to his the women that were working for him and, and you know like <laughs> do I like that? No, I'm not on board with that. But that doesn't mean I can't take away something from him, right? Um, if Hitler was like, Hey, you guys shouldn't kick puppies. I wouldn't start kicking puppies because it was Hitler that said it, you know? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm open to learning from anyone and, and pick out what, what you can, where you can. You know, we've talked on and off about patterns that you've spotted in life. You've been with the show now for six months, roughly. Have you noticed any patterns? Uh, well, the, the very obvious one is like patterns and who comes on. Um, patterns in, let's talk about audience interest. Um, I think we should start talking about about raising kids. I know you had like the Shelby Boyd and those are obviously the ones that blew up. Like for me, it seems like, and your audience will probably text you and tell you if I'm right here, but farmers, you know, mothers, um, veterans, in that area, those things are all people are freaking interested in those things. And, uh, like anytime you have Chuck or Jamie on, I'm very interested in, in just their personalities. Um, but, but those are the big three. Those are the people that seem like to be your audience. Hmm. Well, hmm. well, I, I just find it interesting. Cause I don't know if I've ever had anyone, uh, certainly folks, there's going to be, uh, a bunch of you in the audience who listen to everything and probably have an answer to throw at Jack as well. You can certainly text that. Uh, um, uh, why not start the new year off with that? Yeah, what um, patterns? That'd be yeah, helpful. It'd be really interesting. Yeah, what do you think the patterns of the the, the podcast are? That'd be that'd be very interesting. Um, but I, I, you know, besides you know a group of people who listen to every episode, you you sir have your hands on every episode, which is a unique. A very unique position to have, I guess. Um, you think we should go after Jamie from the Rogan? Mm, go after him and get him on? Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, I would never, never can you say imagine? That. Can you imagine if in a world in five years' time where, um, let's just talk podcast, let's assume it's uber successful that you'd be sitting in on conversations that are just like, like think of the people he gets to, he doesn't, he literally gets to be the fly on the wall. I think there's, how many of us would pay for that experience? And he gets paid to do it. Like, I mean, the other day when he had Elon Musk on, it wasn't that great of an interview, honestly. But they when they ordered the pizza, I was like, this is, this is insane. You know, like they're going to sit, they're going to order pizza from a local place. And, you know, Jamie's just sitting there you know, doing whatever he's doing, eating the slices, uh, maybe not eating the slices. Uh, I, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe smoking a big cigar with him. Who knows? 
But that guy has uh, access to one of the most interesting human beings on the planet. That's, uh, that's I mean, and I, I get a little taste of that just working with your podcast, but it's, it's probably surreal. I mean, just to... I don't know. How do you look at celebrity? Do you do you get there? Is there a celebrity that if you met you'd be nervous? So I, I don't know if I've ever. Before I had the podcast, I met Daryl Sutter. Now Daryl Sutter, um, you probably don't know who that is. So uh, Daryl Sutter was uh, comes from a, a family of brothers who all played in the NHL. He's been a Stanley Cup winning coach, um, but he's like this intense. You know, go watch some Daryl Sutter uh, press interviews and you'll laugh. But he's like, you know, you wouldn't imagine he's an NHL coach. And um, I got to meet him when I was probably about your age. And I was so surprised at how I couldn't get my tongue to work. I was just so, like, enamored with Daryl Sutter. Like, it makes zero sense. Um, But I would say after Ron McClain came on, on my episode 100, I started to realize all these people are just like you and me. Like, they're beyond just you and me. It doesn't mean if I got Joe Rogan or Jordan Peterson or Elon Musk or Tucker Carlson or on and on it goes on tomorrow that I wouldn't be like, holy shit, holy shit. Um, Like Martin Armstrong saying, you know, thanks for having me. Like, that was a surreal moment because I didn't think I was going to get Martin Armstrong. So I have surreal moments. And if I was walking down the street and Joe Rogan was walking down, would I be a little bit nervous? Yeah, probably. But overall, I know all these people are just like me and you. They just have degrees of success higher than uh, most, even the most successful people. There's still a degree higher, right? Like, I mean, think about Joe, you know, like how does he stay as humble at times as he is to sit and talk to all these different people when he has success out the wazoo? He's getting paid $100 million dollars. He's getting access to the smartest minds on the planet and then have some person come in and start talking and him just know, like, he's had so many, like, think of what he's getting to do, Jack. And in and, and small, some small instance, like on a smaller scale, I get to do is by talking to all these people, you're, you're starting to, like, level your knowledge up just a little bit. I don't think, you know, certain people can really take one conversation and jump levels, but, like, you know, the guy's done over 2,000 interviews. He doesn't do solo. So that's 2,000 people or more because of roundtables that he's sat across from, done this with, gone back and forth in a time and era where you don't do this with, you know, maybe two other people in your life, maybe. Like, it, the guy is, is uh, I'm waiting for his book, his best-selling book to drop. You know, like, I, I just... The guy has to have a wealth of knowledge just to share with everybody. And I would love nothing more than to sit across from him. I wouldn't be nervous for that one bit. I'd be excited. I'd be like over the moon to just be like, let's talk. Let's. You want to drink coffee? You want to drink scotch? I don't care what you want. You want to have a cigar? Let's do it. Let's just sit and have a, a bullshit. The guy comes up to, or did come up to Alberta and did hunting. That's cool. And you know what else? The... the the thing about podcasts too is it's like uh, it's a cheat code, like it's exact. Like because I had a podcast and I and I still do, but I you know I had a psychologist on and I gave told him all my problems and he's like oh this this and this. I you know I cheated the system like I got a like I got a therapy session, 
for free, uh, you know, and I actually never put that one out, but you know, it, but I'm, I've got, I brought in millionaires. What's your, what's your, what's your podcast? Uh, my podcast is, there's only one episode now. I deleted a bunch of the old ones. Uh, Why? But it's uh, branding. Like I, I'm like, uh, you know, you know me, I'm like, uh, sure. It all has to look right and be right. But, um, it's, it's human stories. So like the one that, the one that I have up on one of my channels right now is, uh, with like a legendary teacher that that taught me when I was in grade school, and she just left the school. So, and how was it? It was great. She cried a couple times. It, it was. I had my my little sister was taught by her too, and all of her friends. They said they all cried from it. So it was it was good. It was really really great. Do you go into an interview looking not trying to make someone cry, but do you think that sells? Do you think do you actually do you actually think about that though? Walking into an interview. It, you know, uh, it, it definitely sells. I, you know, Jimmy Vilvano, Vivano, good. Can't believe I botched that. But, you know, the old uh, uh, NC State basketball coach, uh, when he was dying of cancer, his speech was, every day you should laugh, you should cry, and you should think. And if you do that, all three of those things, and every day you've had a, a successful day. Uh, and then I try to take that philosophy into any time I interview someone. Interesting. You know, it's funny, I, like, uh, as people have got from me and Jack today, you know, it's been pretty loosey-goosey all over the place. At times, I kind of forget that we're doing a, you know, because me and Jack normally meet once a week and talk through things and whatever, and, and that's kind of was my, my, my mindset on this is like, you know, I didn't have this like, let's dig into Jack's deepest, darkest secrets, right? But at times, I'm like, you know, uh, that's what I like about a podcast is how it can go where it wants. And, um, one of the things I guess I never said, like, but maybe a guy should be a little more intentional on that. I don't know. That's it. That's it. I guess the question is, should you be intentional on making it, you know, making the audience laugh, cry, or think? Uh, I don't I don't know. That's, I, yeah. That's, I, yeah. I don't have the answer to it. I know, like, uh, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine the other night, but, you know, once I know that I am able to open someone up, if I choose to do so, is it, is it immoral of me to do it you know I, I have I struggle with that knowing that I can do it should I do it and if I do do it does that make me taking advantage of the person because I knew I could do it that's so I don't, you know I don't know uh, I don't have the answers to that I think hmm, I'm you know I, I've thought about like if you go back to episode one folks with me and Kenny Rutherford it's pretty bad like, I, I don't mean, like, guest-wise bad. I just think my hosting skills are, like, ooh, audio sound. Ooh, like, it just on and on it goes. And yet, you get to see the journey. And so, um, you know, you say, I do it because of branding. And yet, I go, but I kind of want to see where Jack came from, you know? Like, I, I want to I see where you were at before, you know, you got a little bit smoother, a little bit of equipment, a little of this, a little of that, and everything was, like, perfect. I want to see the story. I want to see it all grow and unfold. You know, it's an arc. And if you take away part of that, then it's just you, you miss something in there, you know? I completely, completely agree. I think it's stupid that I deleted those things, by the way. I you don't have it. Do you have them backed up? Uh, oh, I'm my not, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I think I have some of them backed up. I'll send you a couple. I'll send you a couple. I want to. I think we all want to see young Jack, eh? the actual 22-year-old Jack. Let's talk Tucker. Before I let you out of here. Okay, so for the audience, Tucker Carlson is live in Edmonton at Rogers Place, January 24th. It's a Wednesday night. 
And we have 10 tickets to give away. Five sets of two. Jack, how are we going to do that this year? All right, we've got, we're going to have one set for the reg, you know, the, the listener of, of the, the Spotify or the Apple podcast. So we've got a set two for those. We've got a set of two. We're going to do a giveaway on our social medias. We're going to be on Instagram is where you should be looking out for that. And then we're going to have three on the Substack. And now you've got one set on the Substack, one set of two if you are a subscriber. And we have two more chances if you become a, um, why am I blanking on the word? But a pledge. A pledge. If you pledge. So you did, so, and we don't have a ton of pledges. Obviously, uh, less pledges in than subscribers, um, or, or even listeners. So you have way better chances of getting these Tucker tickets if you become a pledge. Like the, it's astronomically higher, right? I think we did the math the other day. Um, yeah. Well, you know, right now as it sits. Um... And I think what we're going to do is we're going to have three, all three go to the pledges. I think we're going to have all three instead of uh, one just to, and if you subscribe to Substack, all three go to the pledges. So that way, and, and the reason why everyone's like, pledges, okay, well, let's talk about pledges for a second. So one of, the, one of the ways that you can help the podcast is you can subscribe on Substack. And then you go, okay, well, that's easy. It's an email address. It's an email coming out. You know, you're getting exclusive content. But the thing, the thing about Substack, folks, is is what we're trying to push for is we're trying to push for pledges. Pledges pay um, roughly $8 a month, and you can pledge, you know, monthly to yearly on how long you want to subscribe for. And so what we're going to do is right now it's free. You can pledge, and it doesn't cost you a dime. It, it literally just shows us that at some point in the future when we turn it on that you'd be willing to pay. And what it equates to, you know, I had to – got to give Lewis – uh, Stang a shout out for this because he was the guy who put the thought in my brain of like what an episode is worth. It's like, you know, I've been talking a long time about, you know, like a dollar an episode. Like would people pay for that? And I forget what price you worked out, Lewis. I think it was like 50 cents. Right now, if you subscribe on, um, if you pledge on uh, Substack, it is, uh, and I'm just going to work with the math again. I want to make sure I get this this right. is 31 cents an episode if you were to pledge. And it's not going to charge you anyways, regardless. So you go to Substack, you sign up, you pledge. Then you have right now um, a 3 in like 50 chance of getting two tickets to Tucker Carlson. And so everybody should be running over there. Um, the, the pledge just gives us the – me and Jack have this idea. Jack, uh, part of the the, the – the agreement me and Jack have worked out is he takes in parts of the Substack. So if we don't turn the Substack on, folks, Jack makes a whole whopping zero dollars. So like we're we're working on pushing that. We just hit a thousand subscribers. Actually, like fifteen minutes before um, I got an email saying, "Hey, congrats! You got a thousand people who follow you on Substack, which is cool." I'm like, "All right, cool." Now we got to try and convert some of you into pledges so that we can help afford Jack's services. And what we're going to try and do, along with the exclusive content, is we're going to try and give our pledges um, some cool offerings. The first is three sets of two, so two sets of, or three sets of two, uh, tickets to Tucker Carlson January 24th. All you got to do is go to Substack and pledge. It doesn't cost you anything because it isn't turned on. You're just pledging for some time in the future. Uh, and we hope to see you there. For the audience listening right now, what you're going to do is you're going to text me your name and where you're listening from. Those are the two things. That's going to be put in for a, a draw of two tickets, all right? 
and then uh, pay attention on social media because we're going to leave we're going to toss another set out there as well i hope i explain it to jack any questions off that did i butcher any of that no i think it all makes sense yeah you've got some options here you've got some options there ton of options on Substack as pledge you know help me sleep at night a little bit if you guys don't mind uh you know and yeah that's that's the way we should go you know um before you know uh with a couple minutes here left um you know, you you've gone all in on your on you. How's that been going? Okay, you know, because like from my you know, this is kind of weird because I'm like obviously I'm uh, I've um, acquired Jack's services and I think it's going very well, but I, I am curious, you know, like how has it been going? Do you do you enjoy you know like because uh, I know from my side of things the stresses have gone up a little bit. You know, and there's no one to blame but yourself. It's like, well, get working. It's, you know, it's interesting. Um, it's the most secure I've ever, at the least secure moment in my life, it's the most secure I've ever felt in my life. Uh, I, and I actually was talking to someone last night about it. Um, and I've always had like control issue. Like I've, I've, I had shitty friends at high school and they would leave me behind or whatever. And like, I, that was out of my control and I couldn't control it. And so, or we would go out to a bar and then, this person that was driving us would take us to the strip club until 4 a.m. where I'm like, I wanted to go home and I needed control. I was out of control. So now I'm at a point where it's my future is in my control. Everything, my work ethic, it's all dependent on me. Um, and it's being that being in control. I've, I've never felt so secure in my life. Say that line one more time for me. It's the most secured you felt in your life at the most insecure time. Yep. Yeah. What do you mean by insecure time? Uh, you know, on, on paper, it's, I don't have an income coming in every two weeks, uh, by some, I mean, I do, but I don't because it's dependent on my work. Right. Like I don't have insurance because of, uh, companies helping me out. I don't have all these different benefits. It's, I'm like a fish just flopping around in the big ass ocean and, and here away we go. It's, and on paper, it's insecure, uh, but but in my core, I know that I'm going to do the right things, and I know I'm going to work hard, so I'm secure. I'm good. That's cool, man. Well, uh, here's to 2024. Happy New Year to everybody. Any final thoughts uh, um, before we uh, we let you out of here? Um, I'll do a little, little shameless plug. I am I'm 100% bringing on people, so if, if – uh, you know, we talked about podcasts. If you want to start a podcast, if you have a podcast in Canada, it doesn't matter where. Um, I'm happy to help you out, and I'd love to love to be a part of that. So, cool, man. Well, thanks for uh, hopping on, doing this. Look forward to the next year of uh, harassing uh, St. Louis Jack. I, I loved how at the start, you know, he he. I, I guess I call him Big Fellow a lot. So on our our weekly call, his name is Big Fellow. He started off the interview instead of having his name there as Big Fellow. There, I'm like. All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, regardless, uh, Jack, we're happy to have you aboard on this side. I hope uh, the audience has enjoyed a little look behind the podcast with uh, one of the guys who's helping move it along. And, uh, you know, what better way to start out 2024 than uh, having a guy who's helping, you know, help the last six months. And uh, hopefully, you know, I hope I hope it, it lasts a lot longer than that. And uh, I look forward to, you know, seeing what we can do here in the coming days and weeks and months and this year. And uh once again, just thanks for hopping on. Thank you for having me, Sean.